What up, everybody? This is the latest edition of the Shukri Rights Podcast with your host and the most hated Yankee fan in Boston, Shukri Rights. Um, I don't know any other way to start the podcast other than making that note because of the amount of people who have attempted to either poke fun or rip me for being a Yankee fan or completely decided to unfollow me on Twitter, which I don't give a, a rat's behind. But it's neither here or there. Kaylee Allard, the sweetheart that she is, she joins the podcast again for the first time since the unforgettable rants that I did, um, was it two months ago? It was after the Bruins got eliminated, I believe. Yeah, so. yeah it was about two months ago. But we had way, a lot to say. Yeah, I had a lot to say, but welcome back. You have a lot to say. Yes, thank you for having me back. We are um, in the same boat. We're on split sides of, you know, a little rivalry. So I can't wait to talk with someone who's a little bit like-minded, even though we don't agree on every team. But I mean, that's yeah, okay. of, of course. I mean, it's totally understandable when you still got six rings. Um. So but that <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> But for now, starting on a friendly on a friendly note, um, Red Sox Yankees. You never get tired of talking about it. But if these three games have served as any sort of indication as for where these teams are right now, what is your takeaway um, based upon the three game series you saw against the Red Sox as it pertains to the New York Yankees? Honestly, I, so I was mad at the Yankees, just like everyone else. I was definitely trashing them um, in June and July. I was like, this is embarrassing. Like I miss when we had the core four. I miss when we were able to close out games. Like, yeah, I was frustrated because as Yankees fans, like we hold them to the highest standard. Yes. I mean, it's, it's the same for Boston, New York and Boston. You could not beat New York or Boston sports. The fans are passionate. We're spoiled and we want to win. So I was trashing them. I was like, you know, I don't even want them to make the postseason because what's the point A first round exit, a wild card exit. I don't want that, but I was like, all right, I calmed myself down. I said, there's plenty of baseball. It is such a long season. There's games every day. Like it's, it's all right. And of course, Red Sox fans are coming at me. Um, I actually tweeted um, after the trades uh, with Rizzo and Gallo, mm. I tweeted the Yankees are back and a Red Sox fan tweeted at me. Yeah. Nine games back. And I said, for now, and I brought that up today. So I, I was super nervous for this series um, because number one, I didn't want to hear the flack or I didn't want to get roasted anymore. And two, this was the biggest series of the season so far, not just because of the rivalry, but because of the standings situation and the wildcard situation. And we're getting to the end of August. So we're kind of in crunch time. So I, I was shocked. This looks like a completely different team. I mean, I was like, even if we take one against Boston, I'll be happy. Like, we just got to keep that race going. We got to creep up towards them some more. But three wins, I mean, to get second in the AL East, like, I was I was blown away. I was nervous, but I am talking all the smack now because we deserve it. I've come to bring hot fire to Twitter, but clearly it's angered enough people where – I've said, you know what? Hold this energy! Hold this L! Because more than three quarters of you people, yes, you people, Red Sox Nation, were running them out the month ago. 
Oh, this division's done. Oh, everything's all wrapped up. We got the best record of the American League until Heim Bloom decided to be the guy who absolutely craps in the fruit of Bloom underwear. And he did by not making any moves that actually could have helped um, the Red Sox at the trade deadline. Oh, by the way, thank you very much for not going after Rizzo. Thank you very much because we saw literally how valuable he is with both the bat and the glove. And man, if you went back and you went back to the end of July and I asked you which team was going to be more likely to land Anthony Rizzo, the Yankees or the Red Sox, who would you have picked? Most people would have thought the Red Sox. Most of the national pundits had the Red Sox. But Hyam Bloom said, no, 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 no. We don't need Rizzo. Oh, okay. Here come the Yankees. We swoop in literally at the last minute. It was like, wait, what? We got who? Rizzo? Oh. Hmm. And now the Red Sox, they're stuck with good old Bobby Dahlbeck. How does that He had a great game last night. He had a phenomenal game. In fact, Katie, why don't you tell me about that game? How did it go? (laughs) Uh, It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you guys watched last night, but uh, the Red Sox Sox got beat by Andrew Heaney. Of all people, Andrew Heaney, ladies and gentlemen, was a a starting pitcher with, with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. We acquired him for next to nothing. Him? You let him beat you? <laughs> the Heen man. man of all people. It wasn't Garrett Cole. It was Andrew Heaney. It's like, wow. Like, and Red Sox fans, as always, they're high and mighty. They're confident. I saw on Twitter all day, like, mm-hmm. oh, if we don't beat Heaney. Like, yeah, right. Like, um, and when someone was like, oh, I'm going to kill myself if we lose to Andrew Heaney. Like, but no way it's happening. Like, easy win. They're not going to sweep whatever. Like, you know, they're always like, they always got they're always, it. They're always out there. They're like, they're like yeah. birds hanging from a tree. Yeah. They talk, talk, talk. But then after it's like, yeah. where are you at? Like. Where, Silence. Did, where, did you watch the game? I'm pretty sure you watched it because you were tweeting about it. Exactly. You tweeted "fuck the Yankees," so I know you. <laughs> it. But but yeah. yes, um, Andrew Heaney, that phenomenal performance, and I just I I think they're Red Sox. I don't know. I guess it's their pitching. I mean, we don't have a great bullpen either, but I. I can't exactly pinpoint what they need to do better. I mean, like you said, they didn't really acquire any big pieces at the trade deadline. I don't know if they got overconfident because they weren't supposed to do good this season anyways. Some um, sort of issues. The Red Sox, mm-hmm. what did they put in their bio? Oh, that's right. right. In fact, I forget no, 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 no. I'm going to pull it up right now because I absolutely forgot what it said verbatim. But because I got time, I'm going to absolutely have a field day with this. So back on July 4th, you had something, I'm talking about you, the Red Sox, you had something along the lines of, what was that again? Oh, that's right. Remember your tweets from the first week of the season? We do. And baseball is the ultimate sport where there is karma. This is it. This is karma, literally. Ever since that day, you had that bio on your Twitter page. You've gone 16 and 16 and 22. 
You're off. You're off as of Thursday night. You're back. What a what a meaningless series against the Texas Rangers beginning Friday. But man, if if that didn't piss off whatever or like whatever energy in the universe, <laughs> it it sure has come back because since the, since the trade deadline, the Yankees. What are they? Oh, that's right. They're hmm. trying to know the sixteen and four. That's right. And your record, you're well below five hundred. And mm-hmm. since July, um, actually, I'm gonna pull it up again because I like to make sure I got my facts right. I would because say the Red Sox should delete that. Sixteen and twenty-two, mm. exactly. So that's how- a losing record, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. <laughs> I mean, I'm no mathematician, but that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. They might want to check that. Then, if you were a mathematician, you would have somehow managed to get at least close enough. But 16 and 22 with an offense that can't that leave more runners on base than traffic on the Grand Central Parkway at rush hour, you. You you surrender more runs than more runs like in a game than 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 the damn crowded in train at rush hour and there's all New York references for those of you who are non New Yorkers and really like what are we doing like what are we doing it's not just one particular issue that has plagued this team bullpen they have absolutely been atrocious started pitching you had to put Martin Perez and Garrett Richards in the bullpen that's how bad they've been like seriously what does that tell you. Like, don't come at me because, well, look at the Yankees. They've, they spent $200 million. Bleh. Shut up. Shut up because you have money too. Your front office decided they want to be more, be more cheap than freaking rent centers in the middle of freaking Bridgewater. That's not my problem. Blame, blame ownership. Blame that, that weak-ass PR statement that was put out by John Henry. And blame Hein Bloom for not growing a pair to actually address the need to so, – Guess what? This is your end result. Don't be mad at Cashman and the Yankees because we decided to use our resources. You look. That's weak always their excuse. They're like, they're oh, the evil empire. Like mm. they buy, they buy all their players. They buy their way to the World Series or whatever. I'm like, the Yankees haven't been in the World Series in over a decade. What are you talking about? If they were cheating or just using their money, don't you think we'd make it further every year? And aren't you supposed to use your freaking money? Exactly. Like what? I never got that argument. Oh, they they just buy their way in. I'm like, and like, I mean, oh nine and works. Isn't that the point to exactly. buy good players and give them good contracts so you can get ahead of everyone else? Like, exactly. And then, and then the the Red Sox didn't do anything at the deadline. And they're up six nothing, by the way. The Sox? No. No, no, yeah. Oh no, the Sox don't play tonight, right? Oh, yeah, they're off. They're up six nothing. I just had to do a quick glance. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Did Kyle had gas you just went deep? I'm sorry. Um, but and, giving you the update, but yes, go ahead. And um also the Yankees are we're getting to the point where everyone is starting to show up and do their part, like the yeah. Patriots say, do your job. Yeah, oh yeah, great one. I had to bust out that phrase, even Thank though. Thank you. It worked my part. <laughs> because, like, what about um the Bronx kid Velasquez? Oh, like, Andrew he- Velasquez. Oh my God, that that dude has I been clutch. Him. Yes, clutch. The true definition of hometown hero. 
That is literally Velasquez last night. And I think he's going to be an important piece for this team moving forward, especially as we approach September. Are you kidding me? We're about to hit September. Like, can you believe that? This is crunch time and there's plenty of baseball left, but if the Yankees can keep this hot streak, I think Mm -hmm. they play Boston one more time, which I think it's towards the end of the month, which will be super interesting. September. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be a crazy series because that's going to be crunch time. But the only player I really have a complaint about right now is Mm -hmm. who I always complain about. And that's Chapman. I mean, I know the guy, just got off the COVID list. My patience ran out. <laughs> Before he had COVID, I will yeah. give it to him. He looked good. And by looking good, I mean, he wasn't actually blowing games, which is the bare minimum that we asked from him. Mm-hmm. But every time he gets up, how do you have a closer that makes you nervous and practically gives you a stroke every time you see him walk out? Like mm-hmm. it always comes down to the Yankees, to the ninth inning. There's there's, you know, a walk, you, you walk in a runner or last night they hit a home run off him. On a Renfro with that 456 foot bomb. Renfro hit a bomb off him and Chapman just sits there. It's like, dude, what has to change to get his head in the game? Like, I don't know. I don't know what his contract situation is or what the Yankees future plans for him are, but he's the only one that I'm like, this guy has to go. Like you've had plenty of chances. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it anymore. I can't take that ninth inning anxiety. I know that. <laughs> like, we didn't have that for 19 years with Rivera, did we? <laughs> but that's like, maybe is it because I'm spoiled and because we're all Sandman, spoiled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Sandman would come in and like, even if the Yankees were just winning two to one, you knew he was not going to let a run in unless someone happened to hit a bomb off him. You're like, Rivera, good night, goodbye, win. Like, I don't know. Like, he needs to figure it out. And and when he gives up a walk-off home run, he smiles. And that's what pisses me off. He smiles. Reference to game six of the 2019 LCS. (laughs) He's literally a meme. And they don't see an issue with that. I just, he is the only one that I feel like could cost us right now. And that makes me so uneasy because how do you have a closer who might cost you your games? Well, more than likely cost you. Mm-hmm. And the worst part is that it's confidence. It's not only it's not even a matter of um, contract. Confidence is completely utterly shot. It's this has been the story of Chapman in 2021. It's not even just that he just got back from COVID, but before that, he really cost the, ha- the Yankees a handful of games in the ninth inning and it was really tough to to absolutely watch because all I kept thinking was this is someone who is being paid a lot of money to get these key important outs late in ball games and he's not even doing the job or not doing the job as well as as he should be and if there is one concern that I do have about this team moving into September and that is state of the bullpen you had Zach Britton asked to be removed from the closers role. That's not a good sign. When a pitcher is asking to be removed to be removed from the closer role, that tells me that his confidence is shaken and that he is he absolutely does not feel comfortable in that role. I mean, you can go back to last week's um Field of Dreams game against the White Sox. That was literally the case. Gives up the leadoff walk and then gives up the walk of two run homer to Tim Anderson. And it's one of those things where it's like 
dude, really? Damn. We had, you had one job, just just one job, and you couldn't do it. Your job. Like, thank you for the Patriots reference yet again. Something the Giants could learn from. But anyway, um, so <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, please, do, I hope they do a job for once. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to be nice in that in that in that re- in that respect, but. Uh, it's kind of hard to. <laughs> um, are, are we transitioning into football, or are we going to stay on the same page with the Yankees for now? Cause... I mean, we. I mean, we could, but nah, not going to. But hockey, man. I saw the news today about um, about the city of Glendale, Arizona, not dis- not deciding to renew its contract and its lease with the Arizona Coyotes, which means the 2021-22 season will be the last one at Gila Arena in, I believe it was in, in Glendale. Glendale. So, so my question to you is this, because the Coyotes, they are about to be without a home and they don't have an arena that's under construction. Where do you see this team going and what type of move do you see this franchise um, making over the course of the next 12 months, considering the situation that they're in? Well, I never really understood why they moved away um, from Phoenix. Um, Great point. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I've never been to Arizona, but I don't know how Glendale is any better than Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's a pretty irrelevant town. And I heard people saying that people like people that were in Phoenix that were fans don't want to drive to Glendale for games. So I don't know if there's a midpoint in the state that they can move to, Mm -hmm. or I don't know if maybe this is the end of the Coyotes franchise and this is kind of the beginning of the end. Um, But yeah, I, I just don't understand the logic that went behind moving away from Phoenix. I mean, that's the hub, like that's your city. I mean, I don't, do you know like of any talks of what town they might move to or because it is kind of weird. It's kind of like the Islander situation, yeah. Um, how they're moving from the Coliseum, but it is, it is kind of speaking of which like, the Islanders aren't going anywhere, but right. the coyotes. Speaking of, yeah. Speaking of which you made a point that I want to add to real quick because of the construction of the new UBS arena in Belmont, they're starting the season on a historic 13-game road trip. They won't start the season at home until no, – no, no, check, check, the, check the schedule. I'm serious. They won't have the first home game until mid-November. I'm not kidding. So when they when the NHL released its schedule for for, for, for all of its 1,300-plus, nearly 1,400-game uh, uh, regular season slate, and they, and they highlighted that the Islanders, they're not going to have their home open until sometime mid-November. They're starting their, their first 13 games of the season are on the road. I couldn't even begin to imagine if you're the players and, and if you're La- Lou Lamarillo, you got to be pissed. Like he was pissed, like according to reports, because it was like, are you kidding me? Like 13 games. And then I, but like the Coyotes find themselves in a much far worse situation. I mean, the Islanders, they're about to have a new brand new arena. Coyotes, they're not going to have a home in a year. And I just have a really difficult time believing that they're going to have somewhere to play even if it's on a temporary basis in the state of Arizona 
So this is going to be a situation that's going to be worth keeping an eye out on during the course of the upcoming season. But in terms of hockey, I want to turn over to the Bruins because it's a slow news day, very slow news day. And I know you love Tuca. I know he's, I know he's your man crush and all. I get it. However, (laughs) however, 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 I, I tweeted something before the recording in which that I said, I have been a critic of Tuca for a while, but I don't hate the man. But the hate towards him, I don't, I don't really dig or understand. So I'll ask you this because I'm, I'm going to throw you, I'm going to throw you a, a hittable change up here. Why, for the life of me, should I have any sort of malice towards the guy? I mean, yes. Tuka has corrupted himself in more meaningful games than we both can remember in the last eight years. However, the hate t- towards him in this in this market is absolutely just it's just, it's really mind boggling. What are your thoughts? Oh well, I'll try not to be biased, but yeah. I good luck. My thing, yeah, my thing is um, that. Boston fans are all very spoiled, just like New York fans. And when Tim Thomas won that 2011 Stanley Cup and put on that performance, Mm. that was something we have not seen in recent history and still have yet to see. Um, He won the Conn Smythe. Um, His style of play is just so different. Um, He was incredible. I had a Tim Thomas jersey. I absolutely love the guy too. I I, I love goalies. I love goalies, okay? They're Mm. just they're my favorite. I love watching them. I just have the utmost respect for all of them. I feel like they have the hardest job on the team. But anyways, I feel like once Tuca transitioned into the starting role, you know, once Boston gets a championship, they're hungry for another one. Oh, yeah. Enough. Um, It's title town. It's like, okay, like, we better get rolling. You're going to be the starter. You better not underperform. You better please me. And that's just how people think, which mm-hmm. is fine. I, I get the passion. I get the want, the need and the want to win, but people are so spoiled and so used to him and so jaded that they don't realize how much worse our goaltending situation can be. In my humble opinion, the Bruins yeah. have never had a goaltending issue since like the early 2000s and yeah. I was even a little too young to remember that um mm-hmm. but but yeah so they're just spoiled with goaltending because and I always bring it back to Tristan Jari because that guy is terrible I mean Tuka <laughs> and Halak is I mean for real that guy cannot win I'm surprised he wins one playoff game let alone you know yeah. two win a series or Tuka can't win the cup whatever but the Bruins always have a solid duo like Halak could be a starting goaltender elsewhere Mm -hmm. and he just might um and now we're transitioning we got Olmark which is amazing who can be the starter with Swayman as the backup so the Bruins have always been set in goaltending and um Robin Leonard the Vegas goaltender, um, he was just asked on Twitter the other day, a fan asked him, who are your top five goalies in the league as of right now? And Tuca was one of them. And he also had Vasilevsky in there too. Who, rightfully so. yeah. Who's a two-time Stanley Cup champion back-to-back years who also mm-hmm. won the Vezina. And yeah. So my point is people are not going to realize 
the loss of Tuca until he is gone. I'm not saying Swayman won't be great. I love Swayman. I think he's going to be a great replacement. But if you look at the guy's stats, if you look at the guy's saves, if you look at the goals against average, I mean, he's an animal. And yes, he has not won a Stanley Cup, but it's not just his fault. He's not a one-man band. Things happen. Um, In my opinion, the last two Stanley Cup losses were flukes. Yeah. Uh, they were terrible ways and very painful ways to lose. Um, so yeah, Tuca can't do it all. And mark my words, when he is gone, I will throw it back in everyone's faces because you don't know what you have until it's gone. And it's very hard. You don't come, you don't come around goaltenders like him. Often. So often. Yeah. So that's my opinion. It's, it's very difficult to find an elite, um, Goaltender, like I mean, you, I mean, look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, he <laughs> was originally a, a product of the Toronto Maple Leaf system, and they mm-hmm. traded they traded him for freaking Andrew Raycroft. Let me know how that worked. Um, yeah. So. Like I mean, like like nothing, nothing personal against Andrew Raycroft, cool guy and all. But um, with that being said, it, it really is a classic case of you don't know what you have until it's gone. And as far as the New York Giants went, I'm pretty sure that applied when it came to um, Eli Manning. But Eli Manning was a tuna for machine at the end of his career. But what do I know? But as far as the 2021 state of the team is concerned, what are three things that you're most looking forward to? seeing as it retains to the New York Giants for me is without question the return of Saquon Saquon Barkley and his health and can he stay healthy and be the the running back that he was uh, prior to 2020 yeah I mean I my main things obviously are Saquon returning um, because without him healthy I don't know who Daniel Jones is going to throw to. I mean, he likes to throw to the other team anyways, but I guess that, <laughs> that's remained to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's mainly Saquon getting back and staying healthy. I know his rehab has been going well, but after serious injuries like that, you never know how a player is going to return. Oh yeah. Um, it's kind of reminds me of an OBJ situation in a way with, mm. you know, he's dealt with injuries as well and he's always trying to come back stronger. But I pray to God, Saquon uh, will be 100% for the season. And it also comes down. So Saquon's key piece, obviously, Danny Dimes. I hate even calling him that. Oh, God. Why, why like why Danny Penny or Danny Nichols. But <laughs> <laughs> That's more like it. Danny Dimes. Like, no, no, no. He, he throws loose chains to the other team. Like, no, no. He's, he's not. He's not Danny Dimes. Yeah, he Dimes. throws Dimes to the other team. The yeah. other team probably coined that nickname. Pick six. <laughs> pick six city pick six pick six yeah that's him yeah but <laughs> so yeah it comes down to dj too i mean i love the kid he's kind of like a walmart version of eli manning wow <laughs> am i wrong though? he really said walmart version of eli manning am i wow. wrong wow i mean damn i mean i've heard i've heard harsh criticism but Walmart version of Eli Manning. Okay, Kaylee. I, I mean, I, I mean, gosh, is, is, is this is this Mean Girls coming out of you right now? Like, or or like, yeah. dang. I mean, you could be a, a little a little nicer, but no, no, no. I, 
<laughs> no, I've had enough. I I saw two I saw two Super Bowls and I want more, and they haven't been the same since. Blame the and, Giants for firing Tom Coughlin. That was a board, that was a bad move. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. But Joe Judge, I absolutely love their coach now, Joe oh, yeah. Judge. I think he has great chemistry with the players. He wants to get the job done. He seems like a super nice guy, but also like no bullshit kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I think he's smart. I mean, I like what I've seen from him so far, but Tom Coughlin, OG, I will always love and respect him for what he did for the Giants. But I mean, like I said, Walmart version of Eli. Ah, DJ. DJ. (laughs) That tickles me. It really does. Whatever you want to call him. Do- Dollar General Jones. This is what I'm wow. going to call him. Like, oh. <laughs> Walmart, Man, he, Dollar General, he, same he's, thing. He's, he's more cheaper than, than, than loose change at the bottom of a fountain. Damn, okay. <laughs> but I've, I'm just frustrated. I've given him enough chances. I mean, I guess he also really also really hasn't had the weapons to work with, which yeah. I think the Giants did very well in the draft. Um, I'm really excited to see. I'm probably going to butcher his name, but I think it's could. Kadarius Tony, um, their, their new wide receiver. Um, there's been a lot of talk around him, and he was one of the best at. Um, where did he play? I have to look him up. Um, he went to. Where did he go? I don't remember what college he went to. Kadarius yeah, Thomas. where did he go? <laughs> well, anyways, um, he was he was really oh, Florida Gators. Um, ah, yeah, University of Florida. Yeah, he was one of their best wide receivers, and I don't know. I think he's gonna add a lot to the team. So, three key pieces for me are Kadarius Tony, Daniel Jones, and Saquon. Those are the three guys that really need to perform. Oh, and Evan Engram. He cannot yeah. drop the ball anymore. Evan Ingram, I don't know what happened. Like the first year that he was in the league, like he was actually a pretty solid tight end, but now he's become yeah. drop city. Like he's dropping hot, cold, dime passes. Um, like, I mean, goodness grief. Like, w- like what's what's happened with him? But also, um, Stolen Shepherd, like, what's to do with him? I don't know. He kind of fell off too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's like maybe a nagging injury or it's a confidence issue or I, I truly don't know what the issue is with him, but he kind of fell into the backlight as well. I feel like the giants do have good names like him and good pieces to work with, but they haven't been able to execute. And it's really frustrating because when your team is in the worst division in the league and you can't even make the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. that is unbelievably frustrating. 2020, you had an opportunity. The Giants, the Giants just needed the Eagles to win, and they threw the game. They threw the game this Lame year. I would have seen a playoff for – I mean, what? yeah, what do you – why why if it comes down to Philly, relying on Philly, you're screwed from Never. the start. Ne- yeah, so, exactly. That was Mm-hmm. At least I'm not an Eagles or Cowboys fan. I'm glad I'm a Giants fan looking at the other NFC East teams because, oh, man, Washington football team, you don't even have a name, which I understand, but you don't have a name. You got the Cowboys Ryan, have been the but, speaking of the Redskins real quick, they acquired Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the quarterback, which kind of mm-hmm. should tell you something. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but as you as you're saying. My apologies. Yeah, no, I'm just I, I gotta stop talking anyway. I could ramble about them forever. The <laughs> that, but I was the the point. That me in the past few years, and I'm sick of it. And I 
I don't know. I, so on, I, I'm, I always go into a confident. Like I was like, yeah. we're going to go 13 and four this year. We have 17 games. Now we have one. Did extra you just say game. the Giants were going 13 and four? Yeah. Because I said I'm done, I'm done hating on them, and I'm going to be confident now. See how ridiculous I sound? That's why I'm usually negative. Because see how stupid I sound saying that? At least you're honest. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just wanted you to know that at least that you're is, honest. Like, wow, the Giants going thirteen and four. <laughs> but enough, because I. <laughs> I will rant about the Giants forever in that stupid division. So let's let's hear your Patriots. I mean the Patriots. Patriots summary. I mean, Future pa- summary. What do you what do you think of Mac? Mac Jones looks like he he, he has an opportunity to become really, um, really good at being a quarterback in the NFL. But now it's nineteen to nothing. Oh wow. Um, and uh Mac Jones, I really like what I've seen so far, what I've read, but at the same time, also recognize that there are things that he has to like grow in in terms of his development as a quarterback, and understandably so. But I feel like with Mac Jones is that he he still has some growing to do. I mean, he's looked really tremendous so far. I want him to be the guy to start, but. I also would understand if he sat for like a, the first few weeks and so forth, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how this goes, but it's been, it's been like the dominating topic. Um, like throughout this last uh, month, month plus Cam, Cam Newton or Mac Jones, Cam Newton or Mac Jones. And I'm just like, all right, let's go. Come on. Like I'm, I'm, I'm tired of having this, this conversation about who's going to be the starter and, and whatnot. But one last question I'll ask you. Looking ahead to the NHL season that's, that's starting up in a few weeks, training camp will be here, which is hard to believe. I'm just like, look, I'm ready. Like, let's go. And you know, I'm a lot- hockey girl more than anything. So I'm so happy. Oh, I know. As you should be. As you should be. However, hockey's. However, your thoughts on who should be the second line center for the Boston Bruins since David Krejci has opted to return home to his native Czech Republic. I have not had the opportunity to really ask you your opinion. Now I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity now and give you the floor to give me your unfiltered thoughts. <laughs> Look, you ready to get I emotional. forgot about like, you just like reminded me that Krejci is gone and I just like I relived it all I'm just so like it doesn't feel real it's Mm. gonna be like I'm not gonna process it and it's not gonna sink in until probably like the first month of the season goes by but I won't get myself all depressed um but I think from a coach's standpoint the logical thing is gonna have to be Charlie Coyle (sighs) and I it's hard you gotta at least give him a chance he he hasn't like he's had a breakout but then he goes quiet again and he kind of is like a Jake DeBrusque like he can be great but he hasn't been given the tools to be great and 
he hasn't reached his peak yet. And I mean, he's a great guy. I love Charlie. I feel like he has grit and I feel like this could either be a really good thing. Like, Hey, this is your last chance to prove yourself. Not that anyone could easily fill Krejci's shoes, Mm -hmm. but this is your chance to really prove to us that you can be a second line center and fill that gap. Because when you have Taylor Hall and Craig Smith, now they had such a great top six, finally, finally for Mm -hmm. one season. And obviously nothing came out of it. We didn't win a cup, whatever, but Mm. the chemistry was finally there. I mean, I, they exceeded my expectations while the Islander series was very frustrating. They exceeded my expectations with how things went after the trade deadline, acquiring hall and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to have to give it to Charlie Coyle because he's above Jackson Nika. Um, But I'm guessing if things don't work with Coyle, they might uh, slot Stanika in there and switch both of them out to see who has the better chemistry to see who has, you know, to see you as the confidence. And I think it's going to be a battle between those two, but I think you have to start with Charlie Coyle because he's been here. He has the experience and he needs to prove himself. Like, it's like, dude, this is your shot. Shut all the haters up. Oh yeah. You know, do your thing. So I think we're going to see Coyle there. And then maybe depending on how things go, they'll throw Stanika in there. Stanika is only 22, but it's a toss up. I don't know. It's no one can replace Krejci. So I, it just, it's hard. It's hard to, it's going to be hard to watch. <laughs> I think Sonika should be the guy. And I just think that also like Charlie Coyle, I don't doubt his ability to be a second line center, but I just think that he's better suited for that third line. And, and I, and like, listen, you, you bring Nick Felino in and he's going to probably going to be your, your, your fourth line guy and whatnot. And, like bottom six, that's what he was brought here for. But I think ultimately, one of the things that I do really look at is where do the Bruins go from here? Because the easy answer would be to go Charlie Coyle, yeah. But I also look at fit. Where does he fit in this in this lineup? He's better suited on the third line. You give Sadiq the opportunity. This is his best chance to crack the Bruins lineup on a full time basis. And if Krejci comes back at some point, then great. If not, it's been it's been a blast. It's been wonderful. But I also understand the thinking by Bruce Cassidy. But I'm I'm hoping that I mean Don Sweeney could, if he wants to look outside of the organization, maybe make one last move to address that top six, having that, a sentiment for that second line. But that remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I would not be upset if Stanika was a second line center. I'm just, I'm just assuming that that is who they will go with, which is Coyle, mm-hmm. um, from like the coach's standpoint, and you know, promoting him from within to bump up to two C. But I, I would like either there. I'd love to see what Stanika has. I, I mm-hmm. think he's good as a player. I think he really hasn't had a fair chance yet. So giving him this fair chance will show us what he's able to do and see if he could break out. And it might even be good to start Sanika at the beginning of the season. So if it, if he does not perform, you can switch coil instead of later down the line, putting Sanika in there and then you find out he's not a good fit. So I'm hoping maybe he'll switch them back and forth, give them a chance to like fit in and get used to it. But I don't know. I'm just, 
the timing of it is so sad and upsetting because Don Sweeney, I have so many mixed emotions about him, but it's so frustrating that he waited this long to give Krejci a winger, a competent winger with Mm -hmm. Taylor Hall. And they had so much chemistry and Taylor Hall was saying how great it is to play with him and how it's so easy to communicate with him. And they just have that, the passing ability and the scoring ability. And it's like, it's just really painful. Okay. It really is. (laughs) Like it sucks. I mean, that's why I feel like whoever ends up being the second line center for the Bruins, I think the biggest responsibility is going to be make sure that you're able to connect with both Craig Smith on the right side and obviously with Taylor Hall on the left side as well. So that remains to be seen. But we have about a month until preseason starts. I think first preseason game, I believe, is the 26th. I'm actually going to double-check that right now. Bruins, yeah, like a little more than a month. But I'm, like, ready for preseason. Like, I'm actually – chomping at the bits i miss hockey like like come on like let's go like i'm i'm ready and just seeing that the bruins open up a brand new like rink park in the north end uh the, 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 uh, the, the yeah yeah i was like okay can can hockey season come back already like thanks like not rushing the summer at all or anything like that but but yeah it, like it is it is sometime in, in late september when the bruins preseason slate does begin but I'm ready for like that first day when the Bruins return to Warrior Ice and you, you see like the Bruins, um, you know, begin to get in shape for the upcoming season. I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, I'm super upset about the loss of Krejci and it's going to be yeah. interesting to go out because of his surgery. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bruins made some really good trade deadline moves. I mean, they could be busts. I, I guess we'll find out. But I think Sweeney was dialed in and he knew exactly what he needed. He did the best he could without overpaying for anyone. He even solved the goaltending issue for now. So mm-hmm. it's going to be super interesting to see these, what is it, four new faces come in. So mm-hmm. I'm nervous, mainly just because of Krejci, but I'm also very optimistic. And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be interesting. That's the word I have for it. It's going to be interesting. And I'm really excited to see how everyone's going to fit in um, with the new faces and the chemistry. So hopefully we have another run in our system because I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to see the core retire and that's going to be really hard. So we got to get another run in there. Absolutely. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. And on that note, I want to say thank you immensely for dealing with my shenanigans and my pain and my pain in the ass for the evening. Um, always appreciate it. And I am getting really tired of waiting for hockey return. So I'm just like, let's go. Like, come on. Like, yeah, but then, hopefully but, the, oh, sorry, hopefully the Yankees will uh, be in the world series by the time the Bruins get their stuff going. So oh, that, 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 <laughs> would, that would be perfect. We'll be flipping in between both teams and then obviously football too. So we'll be, hopefully we'll be busy. Absolutely. That definitely my pleasure. Kaylee Allard contributor for um, Causeway Crowded on fan side. Thank you immensely for returning back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. No doubt.